And we begin our worship this afternoon by confessing that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Receive the Lord's greeting. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. Amen. Let's open our Bibles now to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, 36 to 46, and 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 24. And we read these in connection with what we confess, the Lord's Day 49. First of all, Matthew 26, starting at verse 36. This is our Lord Jesus before he was betrayed and arrested in Gethsemane. And Jesus went with them, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And then we talk, uh, turn to the Paul's letter to the Corinthians, first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7. Beginning at verse 17. Only... Let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant then when, when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freedman in the Lord. Other, likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price, so do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called... There, let him remain. 
so far the scripture reading. This afternoon I proclaim to you the word as we confess that in Lord's Day 49 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 49. And that we confess the following from the word of God. What is the third petition that is of the Lord's Prayer then? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may deny our own will and without any murmuring obey your will, for it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, boys and girls who belong to the Lord. The third petition of the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We could say that that petition was written with blood. For the Lord Jesus Christ prayed this petition Basically, what, what is this petition in the Garden of Gethsemane? While the weight of the wrath of God pressed, caused by our sins pressed out of him sweat like drops of blood falling on the ground. He gave his blood for this petition, we could say. So that we could pray it, had the right to pray that. Father, he said, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, not my will, but your will be done. And I say that too in... Notice, for, for instance, by the way that Jesus basically also quoted the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer there when he said to his disciples, watch that you may not enter into temptation. And that shows that the, the contents of the Lord's Prayer are connected with Jesus' suffering. Fifth petition, lead us not into temptation. Makes the third petition, which we confess this afternoon before the Lord's Supper celebration, very special. Jesus himself also had to pray this petition and it pressed out of him blood like sweat. So this petition connects us with him who taught it to us. His blood is the price he paid, we could say, so that we can pray to our Father in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I proclaim to you the third petition then, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We see two things, our master's prayer and secondly, his servant's example. The Lord Jesus' congregation came to this earth in order to do the will of his Father in heaven. That's how he, he put it so many times during his ministry. John 4, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Just as his body desired food and drink to live, so his soul desired to do his father's will. And in John 6, he said, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And what was the will of the father for him? It included a lot. It included perfect obedience to God's will, to God's commandments, to everything God had stated in his word. 
And it's specifically described in John 6, where the Lord Jesus said, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up at the last day. So God the Father commanded him in his obedience and in his suffering and death to work salvation for the elect so that he can raise them up to everlasting life and joy on the last day. And that's why that suffering of our Lord and the preparation for that suffering Gethsemane, which we read about in Matthew 26, Jesus knew what was coming to him. He felt the cross coming closer and closer to him. A few hours and he would hang on that tree, cursed by God, totally forsaken by people and by his Father in heaven, whom he had always loved and served perfectly. And then he would descend into hell in that forsakenness. And you sense the growing dread of the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane in Matthew 26 as he prays there. It says in verse 37 that he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. That was quite a a deep, deep emotion that the Lord Jesus felt there. And he sought some comfort from his disciples. Watch and pray with me. But they were tired and their eyes were heavy and they fell asleep. And so he had to struggle with his terrors and his anguish by himself. And so he prays there in the dark by himself. Kneeled on the ground. While his disciples slept and notice the progression in the Lord's praying to his father in heaven. Right. It says in verse 39. Verse 39. My father, if it be possible. Take this cup from me. He says. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, as I not as I will, but as you will. He asked in the first place if there might be another way for him other than the way of the cross and descent into hell and to death. Is there another way? But he adds, if there is no other way, then let his father's will be done. And then notice the progress, verse 42. The second time he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink I drink it, your will be done. There's a, 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 an acceptance here, a growing acceptance that the suffering that lay ahead is the only way. He had to struggle with that, to accept that, that will of his father. And though we aren't told what he, he prayed for the third time, it's similar words. You can... We can safely assume that in that prayer he fully accepted what was to come for the atonement of the sins of his people. Father, I'm assuming he would have prayed something like, Father, your will be done. And he gave himself to that. So we see here the Lord Jesus struggling, struggling with and growing in the acceptance of what he had to do in order to fulfill the will of him who sent him. 
And maybe you wonder about that. Jesus had been so strong about what he had come to do over the years of his ministry. And how often had he not told his disciples that he would be rejected and handed over and, and that he would suffer much and be crucified. He, he said that many times. And he had re- resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem, that Passover. And earlier that same evening, he had even instituted the Lord's Supper in the upper room. This is my body, he said, which is given for you. And this is my blood, which is poured out for you. And nevertheless, as when it came to it, he fell on his knees in the dark in Gethsemane. And in anguish, he cried out to his father, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But not as I will, but as you will. And you see here that the Lord Jesus was truly man. And all the human emotions and feelings too. He was terrified of what he knew was coming and what he had to do. It was heartbreakingly hard for him to do his father's will for him. As it says in Hebrews 5 verse 8, though he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And you see that over time he came to fully accept what he had to do. You see that in verse 46. It says there that he woke the disciples and he doesn't say to them, well, let's, let's get out of here. No. He says, see, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. In other words, he struggled mightily with what the Father's will for him was. But now he had come to the point where he was fully ready to do the Father's will. And so he went to the cross. Not resigned or passively, but decisively and resolutely accepting the cup the Father gave him to drink. The suffering required to save sinners like you and me. And brothers and sisters, boys and girls, at that point we could say that through Jesus' prayer, he had already won the battle. It was a decisive moment in Jesus' suffering for our salvation. He accepted the cup of suffering and put his hand on it, so to speak, in order to drink it empty. That was his father's will, and he prayed and then fully accepted that. Not my will, but your will be done. He took it, took the cup, and that was actually already the victory through prayer. And Jesus taught us to pray then too in the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done. It's true. Our struggle to deny our own will and to do the Father's will isn't totally the same as Jesus' struggle in Gethsemane. But the words are the same. And and it's amazing that Jesus taught us the prayer that he himself also needed to use in Gethsemane. It's a petition to accept, to come to accept and obey the will of our Father in heaven, day by day even. And that surrendering to the Father's will can bring a lot of struggle in my life and your life too, right? Because we're often faced with difficult times and hard decisions. We need to deny ourselves to do God's will. Often it's, it's, it's not the easy way to go, and we know that this is going to be the hard way, but that's what God wants from us my spirit resists going to that person and saying I'm sorry what I did I'm sorry what I said or I forgive you for what you did but I know from the Bible what the will of my father in Christ is and then as a believer 
I can expect a similar struggle as my master had in Gethsemane to accept the Father's will too. My prayer starts, starts out then, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then, my Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And finally, Father, your will is good and I fully accept that I need to do that. My Savior opened the way for me by his suffering to pray the same way, that way. And so I can come to and do the will of my Father in heaven too. We confess in Lord's Day 49, without any murmuring, obey God's will. Without complaining. The Lord Jesus struggled mightily to obey his Father's will, but he didn't complain about what the Father required of of him. He didn't complain about it. Obeying without murmuring doesn't mean that you don't struggle intensely, that you that you don't need to pray fervently to accept it. No, murmuring means that you don't sulk, that you don't complain, that you don't end up doing God's will resentfully. Okay, I'll I'll do it if I have to. It means that you accept God's will and then embrace it. It means that you can say what your Savior said after praying that night in Gethsemane. Rise, let's go and do God's will even if it means discomfort or suffering or rejection for you. Because you know you don't have to suffer alone without God. Jesus struggled alone in Gethsemane so that we never have to be alone in our struggle to deny ourselves and to accept and to do God's will. But we need to pray that petition which Christ bought for us with his blood. We come to the second part, his servants' examples. The servants are God's angels, and there are examples in obeying the will of our Father in heaven according to our Lord's day. And that's why Jesus added the words on earth as it is in heaven. And that means that in our doing God's will here on earth, we may be as willingly and faithfully obedient as those servants of his in heaven. The angels are servants of God. We are children of God. The servants are held up as examples to the children. What do angels do, those servants? I could mention a few things. Thousands and ten thousands of them constantly worship and praise God in heaven. In the book of Revelation, John sees them there singing the song of Moses and of the Lamb. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. So they, they always stand before God's throne, ready at a word or gesture from God to carry out his will in heaven and also here on earth. There are legions of them who are constantly prepared to even also fight for God if necessary. The older translations accurately spoke of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of the mighty armies of angels. And they're led by the angel Michael, we know from the Old Testament. And they fight against the devil and his hosts of fallen angels. And they're very real. But the outcome of their battles is certain based on the victory of Jesus Christ. Angels are sent out by God to support and carry along 
the elect people of God, so that as it says in Psalm 91, they do not strike their foot against a stone if that is not God's will and if it's not good for them. And as we learn from Jesus' parable of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16, the angels also carry the souls of God's people to Abram's side in heaven when, when they die. It's something to think about. Angels are also the ones who bring in the harvest of God's people on the last day. To sum it all up, as it says in Hebrews 1 verse 14, angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. They're God's servants who are always and everywhere prepared to do God's will. And the choice of the angels has passed. In the beginning, when Satan fell, he took angels with him. Other angels remain faithful and they cannot fall anymore. So back to the third petition, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus teaches us to pray for the same devotion and readiness to do our Father's will as the angels in heaven. Whatever that will may be in our circumstances and in our lives and whatever the, those circumstances may be. And yes, God's will so often means denying our own will and desires. It's not easy to give up a nice evening in, to in love bring, bring comfort to a sister or to help a brother. But God expects us to do his will willingly and without complaint. Not just passively accepting his will, as we mentioned, but actively and positively serving God in the office and calling which he has given us in our lives at this time. Notice congregation that Lord's Day 49 refers in the last part about office and calling to 1 Corinthians 7. That passage we read, and it's about the office and calling of everyone in the church. In the whole context, it's about husbands and wives, singles and wid widowed persons, also slaves and free people in, in 1 Corinthians 7. And the apostle writes there, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Married or single, slave or free, whatever your circumstances at this time, accept what God's will is in those circumstances, is what Paul is saying. Acknowledge God's calling to live as a Christian in that place and in that position that you have. God has called you as you are with your personality, your abilities and disabilities, in the circumstances you now find yourself, do his will. Don't rebel against him, his calling where he put you. Accept that from him and serve him by doing his will in your particular circumstances to the best of your ability. Sure, says, says Paul, as slave, you can seek freedom. As single, you might certainly look for companionship. As a disabled person, you may certainly look for things to improve your situation. As a worker, you may certainly seek your promotions. But in the meantime, where you are at that time, do God's will faithfully, willingly, in whatever office and calling God has put you at that moment. Serve Him faithfully here in His congregation as his servants, as angels, serve him in heaven in their specific offices and callings. Congregation, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper this afternoon, let's remember that our Savior Jesus Christ paid for this 
third petition with his blood in Gethsemane and on Golgotha so that we can approach the Father and ask him for help to do his will. Jesus was obedient, ready, and willing to do God's will there. It was his food and drink to do his Father's will. And therefore, therefore, we may believe that our Father in heaven will certainly hear us and help us when we pray too. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Christ's sacrifice, as we remember it here today, is the guarantee that the Father will hear. Amen. Congregation, receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.